Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Today's episode of Growth Everywhere is brought to you by Single Grain. Single Grain is a digital marketing agency ran by yours truly that has helped venture-backed startups to Fortune 500 companies grow their revenues online. Single Grain covers services such as search engine optimization, Facebook advertising, Google advertising, YouTube advertising, content marketing, and conversion rate optimization. To learn more about Single Grain, go to www.singlegrain.com grow to learn about eight marketing campaigns that we've used in the past to help uh, clients grow, including the one that helped generate over 1,500% return on investment. All right, so in today's interview, we are talking to Brian Dean of Backlinko. And this is a really action-packed episode that you're going to see uh, in regards to SEO and list building. There's a lot of great information um, coming from Brian and you know, the SEO world, you would think that a lot of the information has gone stale. You know, everything's been covered already. But uh, Brian's genuinely, um, he's brought some crazy results, especially in the, in the last two years. He's really kind of come onto the scene. And, you know, he is getting, uh, just to let you guys know, I mean, he's getting over two, collecting over 200 emails a day. And he has an internet marketing blog close to breaking 100,000, um, you know, visits per month. And that's that's no small feat for an internet marketing blog. Um, so without further ado, I will let Brian take it away. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Growth Everywhere, where we interview entrepreneurs and bring you business and personal growth tips. Today, we have Brian Dean, who is the CEO and founder of Backlinko. Brian, how are you? I'm great, Eric. How's it going, man? Good, man. So, Brian, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and you know what you're, what you're really good at, and let's, let's go from there. Sure, let's do it. So... Uh, my background is basically my whole life I was studying to have a job and uh, be an employee somewhere because I never really had any entrepreneurship in my family, so I was never exposed to it. I always thought people that started businesses were superheroes like Steve Jobs and guys like that. And uh, basically, I was in graduate school. trying. To, I was getting a PhD in nutrition, and I hated it. So one day or one week, just everything went wrong. I just really hated it. My advisor was a jerk and my research was going bad. So I left and I decided to get a job. But I got hired uh, to work for New York State, uh, for the state being a nutritionist. But right after I got the job, the 2007-2008 crisis hit and they had a hiring freeze for the whole state. So I basically had to change plans and those plans were hanging out in my parents' basement kind of waiting and looking for jobs and I discovered the four hour work week and that sort of like opened my eyes to entrepreneurship and then I started the whole like niche site thing and eventually found my way to like legit white hat SEO. Cool man. What can you can you talk a little bit about, about white hat SEO with the audience? Sure. So I mean at the most basic level, there's debates online about like what's white hat and what's black hat and how you define the two. And um, I don't I try to stay away from those debates because they're a huge waste of time. But I think it's important to have some idea of what these things are. So Black Hat's basically, I think, anything that you wouldn't want to show Google. 
So anything you're doing with SEO, that if Google found out about it, you would be in hot water. I feel like that's a good definition. And White Hat's the opposite. White Hat's like, Google, look me, look at what I'm doing, and we're doing everything legit. It's very much like your taxes. If you, you know, if you're doing stuff that the IRS, if they saw it, you'd end up in jail. It's probably not a good idea. But if you're doing stuff that you could show the IRS your books and just be like, look it over, I feel like that's a good definition of White Hat. Perfect. So before we dive a little bit more into SEO, can you tell us about what your site, Backlinko, is all about? Sure. So Backlinko is basically an SEO training blog. So it's focused on case studies that are originally SEO, but now I'm writing stuff also about um, email list building and content marketing. Basically, the focus of the site is that it's world-class blog content that is case study and actionable focused. Got it. Okay, perfect. And it's backlinko.com. We'll leave that in, in the show yep. notes for everyone. So, cool. you know, obviously, you know, SEO has changed quite a bit in the last few years. My career started with SEO in the, in the beginning. And, you know, I've done the white hat stuff. I've done the, back, black, the black hat stuff. Um, you know, what your blog, especially, you know, you have kind of a, a you've exploded onto the scene with a refreshed take on SEO. Um, you know, what has changed in the world of SEO recently? Well, I kind of feel like SEO is almost like back to the future. So after Penguin hit, um, that's when the Penguin won, which is in April 2012. That was when Google started to target link spam, as you know, Eric, and wiped out a ton of sites, including my own, because I was also doing black hat stuff back then. A lot of people were, because it worked. I mean, the ROI was insane. You could, if you did it, had an agency that was a little bit on the shadier side, you could charge, you know, two grand a month and spend 50 on links that you bought from some guy in Warrior Forum. And you could make, you could do well with that. And those sites would actually do better. So the client was happy, you were happy, just Google wasn't happy. They're the only people who weren't really happy with that arrangement. Um, so I think that from that point of view, it's changed a lot because you can't do black hat stuff anymore. But lately, I've been talking to a lot of OGs in the SEO game, a lot of guys like Eric Ward. Roger Monty, you know what I mean? Like um, guys who've just been in it for so long. And the funny thing is, if you ask them, what were you doing, you know, back when you first started doing SEO? They say, well, what we did is we built a great site. We targeted the content on the site around keywords people search for. And then we did email outreach to build links to our site. And that's exactly what you should do today. So I think that basically the, the strategies only changed from this really brief, weird period between like 2007 and 2012 when you could just buy links at scale and get away with it. Mm -hmm. And it worked much better than White Hat. But that was like this industrial level spamming era. But it was kind of a brief period. And, and that's when I started in SEO. And I think you did too. We started during that time, both of us. Mm -hmm. And that was all we knew about SEO. But now I've come to realize that actually before that stuff came out, before you could buy links, you kind of had to do this sort of thing. And uh, these guys are really good at it. So I say, I say the approach is more or less what I just described. Build great resources, keyword optimize them, and then outreach to people. Okay. So let's, let's, let's make this um, actionable, like Backlinko style. So cool. let's say you know, a lot of technology startups, they hire, you know, venture capitalists will pour in money. They want them to move quickly. So you, typically, you will hire a paid search manager, someone that understands, someone that understands paid really well, right? But at the end of the day, you know, VCs probably don't understand SEO. Neither do these 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 internet marketers that only really understand paid. How does how do you convince someone? Or, or let's say I'm a paid manager coming in, and it's like I, I know that SEO is the right way to go. How do I start scaling out outreach? We're, we're producing great content already, but I'm only a one man team, right? I'm a, I'm a growth hacker, right? So what do I do there? 
Well, in that case, I mean, to a certain extent, there's a reason that a lot of the VC money goes to AdWords because it's a quick way to get traffic and SEO is a long game. It's a marathon, right? Of course, you can get results really quickly and I have a case today on my blog where I was able to double my search engine traffic in two weeks using something called the skyscraper technique and we can walk through that. But I think that if you're trying to scale SEO the same way you pay-per-click, you can't. So basically, the difference between the two is that with SEO, you scale with people, and with pay-per-click, you scale with a budget. And it's just two totally different things. So if you're ready to hire people or to outsource to an agency like Single Grain, then in that case, that's where your money would go. Because when they hire you, Eric, and your team, they're hiring people, essentially, right? And pay-per-click, you just shove it into AdWords under your existing framework that's working, have a guy manage it, and you're good. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you can't really just, I mean, the days of like replacing pay-per-click with SEO are in a way gone. But what you can do is if you invest in SEO over the long term, Mm -hmm. you can decrease your pay-per-click budget and save a ton of money. Right. Because the problem with pay-per-click budget is just you're throwing it into a fire. And as soon as you stop throwing it in, the fire goes out. Mm -hmm. So with SEO, it pays dividends for years. Okay. Does that that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And so the... In terms of, you know, let's just talk about numbers right here. Like, let's say you produce a great piece of content. It's 2,000 words. You know, how much time should you spend doing outreach for that? Or maybe even get a little more granular. How many more emails should I be sending per piece of content that I produce? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I have rules of thumb that I use. So what I like to do is, is when you're first starting, if you don't have any sort of SEO momentum and you don't have an audience and you don't have an email list. So if you're a startup and you're just starting and you have your product ready or maybe just an MVP and you want to get kind of buzz about it before you even launch, um, you need to spend 20% of your time writing and 80% promoting. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the ratio. And then what I like to do is I send at least 250 emails for every post that I publish, not counting the, to the list. So I have the email list is totally separate. And I learned that from our mutual friend Neil Patel because I remember when he talked about in an interview once that he produced this advanced guide to SEO, which I'm sure you saw. Mm-hmm. And Sujan was actually a co-author on that. And anyway, I remember him on an interview saying after he published it, he emailed 250 people. And that blew my mind. I was like, Neil Patel is emailing people about content. I mean, he has like, what, 100K Twitter followers. His list is probably like 200,000. He has one of the most popular internet marketing blogs online. I was like, why would he email people? And he said it worked if you can get it in front of people. So I think that if you're not... As long as you're not Neil Patel, then you need to be doing this, and I do it all the time. So either before I publish to get some buzz, I email people about a piece of content, or after. And if you think it's a lot of work, you're absolutely right. It totally is. There are some tricks that can help you, you know, kind of scale the process a little bit better yeah. um, to, to, to send those outreach emails. But the fact is it's a lot of grunt work that goes into content promotion, but there's nothing better than straight up emailing people to promote a piece of content. I agree. So... To break the numbers down for the audience, you know, you said sure. two hours. Let's say I spend two hours writing a piece of content. Probably still not enough, right? Like two hours, just just for simplicity's sake. Two hours writing a piece of content. Then I should spend eight hours promoting that piece. Absolutely, at least. Got it. And I think that when you're first starting, if you're totally new and you have zero audience, because the reason you're promoting it, forget links, just like promoting it to get some buzz and mm-hmm. like a viral effect, because links are a totally different story. Mm-hmm. That's even more. Now we're talking about twenty hours for. Mm-hmm for every piece of content, depending on how competitive the keyword is. But I mean, that's just to get the word out about it. So I'd say that, yeah, eight hours is like a good for the two is good. But um, 
It might even be more if you have absolutely no audience. And then it can go from like 70, 60, 50, 40%. That percentage can go down. Mm-hmm. As you build an audience, you don't need to do as much um, okay. outreach. Okay, great. So now we have the outreach portion, which we're kind of going into content marketing slash social, right? Um, but how do you find the right targets to reach out to? Because eight hours is a long time for, for you know, one piece, right? How do I find like a list of people to, to you know, reach out to? That's a good question. So for this social media content viral marketing piece, I, I use a very simple formula. So what I do is I use a tool called BuzzSumo, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And what I do is I uh, put in a few keywords related to my niche. So say I was writing something about like low-carb desserts. Mm-hmm. So I put low carb into BuzzSumo, and what it does, it shows you content about low, that's done well on social about low carb whatever. So you can, if you want to get really specific, you can put low carb desserts, but you're limiting your results. If you want to cast a super wide net, and just put like low carb whatever. Mm-hmm. And then what you'll do is you want to see um, sort by Twitter, because with Twitter, the cool thing about BuzzSumo on Twitter is you can see exactly who shared it. Mm-hmm. Because most networks like Facebook and Google Plus are kind of private and you can't do that. But Twitter is totally public, so you can. So what you do is you see who shared it, and then I sort by Twitter followers and then export that list. So now I have a, a, some people who have shared something similar. So either one piece of content or sometimes if there's not a lot of people sharing, mm-hmm. I can combine five different pieces of content and find the people who shared one of the five. And I grab their Twitter profiles, and then I hire someone on Elance or Odesk mm-hmm. to find the emails using Reported, this Reported trick, which I'm mm-hmm. sure you know. Yeah. Basically, you put in kind of like what you'd expect people's emails to be. So it'd be like eric at singlegrain.com, and then you see if it's a Reported match. And if so, that's the person's email 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. So then you just get hire someone to do that because it's boring and awful. <laughs> and you get those emails, and then I just what I do is I just send them a script that's just like, hey, you know, I noticed you shared this. I have this. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so simple, but um, it works amazingly well. And I, for this content, I actually have a piece of content coming out next week that's really big. And uh, I've been emailing people using this formula. And I don't think I'll ever stop because it works so great. Okay. And so when you send these mass emails, are you sending them individually? Are you using like a mail merge? What are you doing exactly? Yeah, I'm, I know. I've been, uh, I used to use mail merge, mm-hmm. but um, I have, depending on the content. So if I can find... 200 people that all share the same content, I can use the same script, mm-hmm. then mail merge is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I just have my assistant do them kind of individually. It's uh, not worth it to mail merge. Okay, so she might... Okay, go ahead. Yeah, because the script is going to be different because you're going to say, I noticed you shared content X, mm-hmm. right? So if that content X is the same across all the targets, then it's beautiful. Then you just use mail merge and you're good. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that like for example, this piece of content... It's about conversions, and I had trouble finding like one thing that got shared a lot lately, so I had to do five or six different ones. Mm-hmm. And in that case, it's just easier just to bang them out and use something called Text Expander mm-hmm. yep. for Mac and Brevi for Windows, and you just put like whatever, 8-8, and it populates it with the script, and you just change the name is the only thing. The beauty about the script is that only the name needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. So you put like 8-8 for the content one, 9-9 for the content two, mm-hmm. and you put 8-8, populate email, send, good. Perfect. So when you, you know, when you're, when you're having your assistant paying out these emails, you know, I'm assuming you have like a template where it's like 85 to 90 percent of it is the template, and maybe you know five to 10 percent of it is like personalized, right? Well, yeah, I, I think for outreach for link building, you mm-hmm. get into more of like you have to make decisions on the fly like that. But yep. for this, it's actually just the name needs to be changed and the what they shared. 
Got it. But what they shared will be consistent across, let's say like, a, like 50 people shared a piece of content. That actually won't change with the script. That's the beauty of the script. Only the yeah. name needs to be changed. And yeah. it seems really personal because it's like, I saw you share this. Mm. Right? So people are like, oh, okay, well, you know, so it's kind of personalized by default in a way. Got it. Okay, cool. That's helpful. Um, so with, with your blog right now, I mean, you know, it's been exploding, you know, can you kind of ballpark, you know, what the growth has looked like traffic numbers, if you're, you're willing to, willing to reveal? Sure. Yeah. Nothing to hide. This is uh, so, um, yeah, it's been a great year for the site. Um, it's almost two years old in December. And I think this year in December, my goal was to have uh, 30,000 uniques a month on average through the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm averaging like 85 to 90,000 uniques a month. Wow. And also the, and I had some list building goals that were related that are also uh, much better, partially, mostly because it's traffic increase. I yep. mean, that's the, one of the helpful things about building a list if you have a, ton, a lot of traffic. So I also have focused really on list building over the last six months, and that's also helps. Dude, you, you know, wherever you put your focus. Yeah. You, you need to tell me more about the, the list building. We'll, we'll go over that in a second. Sure. But. Um, no, that, that's insane growth. And just so the audience knows, it is really hard to build traffic for internet marketing blog just because there's so many out there. Um, you know, Backlinko to have 85 to 100K is insane. Uh, Neil Patel is, you know, well within you know, in, in the six figures range. So uh, props to you on that. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work. I mean, like you said, the niches, it's it has its pros and cons. A lot of people will say, oh, it's so easy because there's so much interest in it, which I, I get that. But it's also insanely competitive. Like the guys you're, I'm competing against is like a lot of guys you write for, like Inc. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Those are tough sites. No, you got you got to do world class stuff to be able to to stand out in an internet marketing niche. So you know you talked about it, making it actionable, sharing data, and things like that. So we can talk. We'll definitely talk about one of your techniques in a second. Uh, one thing that, that that really you know amazes me. You talked about having an assistant. Um, it, it seems like you have a really strong process for this, and you seem to be doing a lot right. You know, I talked to you. It's like who, I was like, who does your copywriting? It's great. You're like, I do it, right? You do copywriting. You, you have these high quality videos. Um, you know, what's your secret to managing all of this? I don't know. I, I don't actually have like a huge team. I basically have a couple of freelancers that help me with that, the sort of things that it just doesn't make sense for me to do, like mm-hmm. the scripts and things like that. But in terms of productivity, if that's what you mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm old school. I literally have a pen and this is my productivity software. You know, it's just a checklist and I have you at the top growth everywhere at 5.30, which is what time it is here in Berlin, as a, so I didn't forget. But it's pretty much, I mean, what I do is I, I think the secret of productivity in my mind is what knowing what not to do. And I don't check email until 4.30. So I can give you one actionable thing that just changed my whole business. Mm-hmm. It's not to check email till 4.30. PM? PM. Okay. So I don't, sometimes I cheat and I go like at three, mm-hmm. but but very rarely before three do I check my email because I feel like our brains, they're hardwired to, to be in kind of like reactive mode or proactive mode. Mm-hmm. And we love reactive mode because we get the dopamine rushes from all the compliments and the tweets that come out. But it's hard to go from that back into proactive mode, which is where you're writing and creating. So I like to kind of create in the morning and make sure at least till two I'm creating or get, just getting things done, like boom, 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 boom. And then afterwards when my mind is kind of mush, that's when emails are great because it doesn't take a lot of mental energy to reply and be like, you know, yes, no, whatever, as, as I'm sure you get a lot of that kind of like easy to reply to stuff. Totally. I, I totally agree with that. Um, it's, you know, when I wake up in the morning, it's like there's this urge to check email or check Twitter and things like that. But once you go into that that phase, I mean, like you said, there's there's no coming back from it. And it's almost as if 
it you open Pandora's box, and I, I try to avoid open opening Pandora's box at least early in the morning. Um, so you know, let's talk a little bit about one of the th techniques you've shared on your blog, and we've already kind of gone into the, pr the promotion part of it. But let's talk about the sky the skyscraper technique. What is it exactly? So here's the deal with the skyscraper technique. So before uh, I discovered this, I really struggle with content marketing mm -hmm. because I go to these conferences, and I'm sure you've attended, Eric. The, the guy goes up there. And he says, you know, here's a three-step process to ranking in Google. Create great content, create great content, and create great content. And you're sitting there and you think, wow, this is, I could do this. You know, they say the black hat days are over. All you need to do is create great content and you're set. The problem is when you're actually sitting in front of your laptop and you're typing, what do you write? How do you write it? What format should it be? Um, who's the audience for that content? There's a lot of unanswered questions that these guys in the speaker circuit and a lot of bloggers skip over and they're critical details because if you don't get them right, your content's not going to go anywhere. So skyscraper technique was really developed out of necessity and it was a way of creating something that's based on a proven model. So it basically has three steps and the first is that you discover content in your niche that's already performed well. So what you do is you, you know, you can use BuzzSumo, it's a great tool for that. You can also use Ahrefs to find highly linked to content, Open Site Explorer, Majestic SEO. And then basically you take the base of that content, what made it great, what made it do well, make it better, so create something even better, and then promote it by reaching out to the people who shared the piece of content you found in step number one. Mm. Got it. So do you have an example, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of examples, but can you share an example that you have on your blog? Sure. So the one that, the first one that comes to mind is uh, a, a post about Google's 200 ranking factors. Mm -hmm. So a few years ago, Google basically said, we use 200 ranking factors. And ever since they said that number, people have been attempting to document all 200 or guess mm -hmm. all 200. Right. And I noticed that a lot of the content out there, you know, maybe they hit like 120 or 110 and they kind of gave up. Plus they were really out of date. So I decided to, to take that base because they did really well. Even though they didn't have all 200, they were crushing it in terms of links. And it was like... Some of them were like page authority 55 from even though they were old. So I figured something, you know, we could do better. So I took that base and basically created all 200. A lot of them are speculative. A lot of them are total guesses from SEO nerds mm -hmm. and created it, put it in one place. And then I reached out to the people who linked out to the ones I found in step number one. Mm -hmm. And that was it. So that's easy. If you have like a list post, if someone has like a list of 50 ways to do whatever mm -hmm. and you notice it did well, mm -hmm. then that's when you can create, you know, 100. Um, and there's different ways to add to, to take to what you found and make it better. Mm -hmm. But the easiest in my mind is just to like make it up to date, give it a little paint job and also add some depth. So make it longer or more detailed. Got it. You know, that 200 ranking, uh, 200 ranking factors thing that you did you actually made an infographic out of it and then I know you collaborated with me and I actually threw that up on entrepreneur and it did incredibly well um, and it's, it's right. I had someone two weeks ago reach out to me and say oh wow I didn't know I didn't know that was like you and someone else that did that and so that that you know if you guys search for uh, 200 ranking factors Google like entrepreneur you guys will find that infographic that is a testament to uh, Brian's work and um, yours, man. It was a good collaboration with Single Grain. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks. Um, the so you know, obviously, you've done the skyscraper technique a lot. You know, two hundred ranking factors. I mean, your the best piece of content you've created using that technique. How many backlinks did it get, and what other benefits did it get? Well, I mean, for that post, I don't know how many links it has, but it's hundreds. It's in the hundreds. Mm -hmm. 
It's probably, if I had to guess, referring domains, I would say 250. Wow. Um, okay. It's gotten a lot. And uh, they're really quality because they're all you know, resource pages and blog posts and editorial mentions. Mm -hmm. um, the traffic that posts brings in about 15,000 unique visitors a month. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, it's just a traffic machine, not only from Google because it ranks for pretty much every like Google ranking factors related keyword, but also it's huge, it's like 5,000 words, so it just eats up long tails that people search for. Mm -hmm. And people love to share on social media, right? Because it's just like, oh, you want to learn about SEO? Here's this list. Yep. So it's done well in terms of traffic. I also got invited to speak at a big conference in London after someone read that post. The guy who organized it happened to find it, and he was like, oh, dude, come and give a talk on the, the post. Yep. So I did that. So it's just been, it's been great, man. I think that, I mean, um, I heard an interview a couple of years ago with Rand Fishkin and Moss, and he said that they had this beginner's guide to SEO that they put out a few years ago. And he said that was like the number one thing that Moss did to grow. He said like without that, they wouldn't be where they were today. So I think one piece of content, if it goes really well, can make a massive difference. It doesn't have to be this grind. We have to publish like every Thursday for a year to get traction. I think one piece of content can completely transform your rankings, your business, every, your positioning in your space if, if you're, you, know, you want to be perceived as an expert, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah, it, great. It, it just takes time, right? And I think a lot of people just aren't willing to invest this time. And people still think SEO is just like this dark art, which is... Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it kind of is in a way, but yeah, it's not, it's not, as, not rocket science. It's mm -hmm. just a lot of expertise and hard work. Um, but yeah, to give it perspective, um, that post took me over 20 hours to write. Wow. So, so that's 80 hours I mean, of promotion. I, yeah, when I, <laughs> I don't know if I put 80. So maybe I didn't take, follow my own advice on that one because it would have been insane. But it was a lot. Actually, it might have been, it was at least 40. That was when I had an assistant doing a lot of link building. So we're just like, we did the skyscraper in the sense that we found all the people that were linking to that, the content we found for step number one. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of links because there were so many people linking to the old stuff. And wow. I think we had, um, I don't know, maybe an 11% conversion rate on cold outreach for, to link. That's so we great. Cold email someone, we got 11%. Yeah, I'll take that any day. I mean, a lot of these are older sites too. So a lot of people weren't even checking their emails and stuff. So to get 11% on like ice cold email, I'm pretty happy. Wow, that's that's great. And you know, maybe we, I need to steal some of these these uh, these reach out templates and then put them in the in the post afterwards. Um, so you have this squeeze page where you talk about how you can rank for any keyword. Is this more or less using the same stuff that we've talked about right now, or is there something else that you can share? This is a little bit different, actually. So that squeeze page is has a video where I, I talk about how I ranked a post for uh, the keyword in the top five for the keyword backlinks in Google. Mm -hmm. And I basically outlined kind of how I did it in terms of promotion, some of the promotion and some of the, and how I created the content. So it basically revolves around this piece of content, this content format I call the expanded list post. Mm -hmm. So expanded list post is basically your list post, but done a little bit differently. So most people, when they write a list post, like 20 ways to lose weight, um, or 20 ways to save money on insurance, the items are just, they don't have any meat to them. They're just like item one, item two, item three, and they're just like boom, 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 fast and furious. The problem is that when you read item one, two, three, you get overwhelmed. And you think, oh, this is cool, but I'll just bookmark it and I'll read it later because it's just too overwhelming right now because there's not enough actionable stuff in the list post. Mm -hmm. So expanded list post is different in the sense that each 
item is almost like a little blog post in the sense that it gives you the exact steps you need to put that item on the list into practice. Mm -hmm. So for example, you had a, a post, let's say, 25 ways to get more traffic. So the first one is like, make sure you do keyword research. Most list posts just move on to something totally unrelated and be like, you know, uh, post on Twitter three times a day. Yep. Um, the first, the person I was already forgotten about one, they're not going to use it. So the first one, instead of be like, you know, how to do keyword research, it would actually be like step one, two, three, how to do it mm -hmm. uh, within the post. And that adds a lot more value, perceived and real, because then people use it. And once they use something that you tell them and they get results, they'll love you forever because you're automatically separated from most of the other sites online. And then I did uh, the content roadshow, which is very similar to what we talked about, just emailing a bunch of people about it. Mm -hmm. um, and that was basically the huge part of it. There are some other like, link building strategies that I used, but for the most part, it was that too that made the biggest difference. Yeah, it, this is this is crazy. It's it's you know it, it just takes a little more work to set these things up. You know, getting an assistant, perhaps even a virtual assistant, making a screencast, and then training them on on how to do it. And you know, virtual assistants. And I'm just speaking from experience. In, in the Philippines, you can pay them six hundred bucks a month for for full time, right? And they can help right. you. With and the they're same. good. Their English is good. Yeah. So I, I mean, this it just takes a little adjustment, and I, I think you you've really made it work for yourself. I mean, eleven percent is is an amazing conversion rate. Um, Okay, so you know, going back to, to just summarize what the, the expanded list post looks like, it's just pretty much a super epic post, right? Pretty much. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, the, the only difference between that and your regular list post is that you probably have less items on it. So mm -hmm. instead of you know thirty, you may have ten. Mm -hmm. But each one will be drawn out a lot, um, mm -hmm. and that's the point: is that each one has a lot of meat, so they don't have to leave your site to know how to do it. That's another thing that's not good about the current list posts is like they read something and then they have to leave your site to, to get information. You want to have people stick on your site, right? So mm -hmm. it's nice to have the steps right there. Got it. Okay. Perfect. Uh, where do you see SEO going in the next 12 months? I don't know, Eric. I mean, we could talk about this because I would trust your opinion possibly more than mine because you've been in the game a lot longer than me. Uh, I see it as pretty much the same. I mean, the last year is a great lesson in the sense that nothing changed. I mean, you think about it, we had Hummingbird, but that was really not that huge of a fundamental shift as people make it out to be. And basically there was one Penguin update, which is a refresh of the existing one. Mm -hmm. And I think Hummingbird might have been actually more than a year ago. I'm not yeah, sure. I think you're right. Um, I, I so think this year was basically nothing happened. Pretty much. I think they're getting, you know, Google's getting it to the point where they have what they want already. You know, you can't, you know, four, four years back or so, you know, I can just go on like a warrior forum or wherever, buy some links, boom, I'm number five, just like that. I'm, I'm, a super, I'm an SEO superstar, right? Not right. anymore. It's, it's the stuff that you do that is, it's not easy. It takes, it's a lot of hard work. You need to do the research. You need to put it in. Then you need to do the additional promotion part, which people tend to forget about. And I, I think that's where people are falling short, where people are just still confused about SEO, where it's this, this hard thing that's, well, I mean, it is hard, but you know, it's just a lot of hard work. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I think that's a good point, Eric. It's like it's like eating healthy. It's simple, but it's not easy, mm -hmm. right? Like it's so simple, just eat healthy stuff. But then, how do you do it, and how do you keep yourself from eating unhealthy stuff and things like that? Um, mm -hmm. That's where it's hard work, and that, I think that's what it comes down to. And like you said, the promotion part is the part that people skip over because they just publish and pray. Mm -hmm. And uh, once you do promotion once, you'll realize what a huge difference that makes, especially if you don't have a huge following. Mm -hmm. It's a must. How else are, you know, otherwise people aren't going to find you. Got it. Yeah, very guilty of, of publish and play. 
Uh, I'm praying, <laughs> sorry. Um, okay, so let's 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 switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about email collection. It's something you've been focusing on. Sure. Um, you know, how many subscribers are you getting per day right now? And how did you get get here? I'm getting about 200 subscribers a day, mm -hmm. and that basically came and maybe four months ago or three months ago, I was getting 75. Mm -hmm. So it increased a lot. And it's basically because I used a couple of strategies, one of which just shot up like a rocket. And that was, that's a content upgrade. And I think that if you have a blog and you want to collect your emails, there's no other strategy that I would recommend. And Eric, obviously you're familiar with it because we both work with Davish, who's a big proponent of the strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so basically, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, keep going. Oh, I was just going to kind of describe what it is. So basically, the content upgrade is, well, let's just talk about what I used to have to give you a perspective on, on how it works. So what I used to have on my blog was basically lame call to actions like sign up for my newsletter and get free updates and things like that. And, I, and when people land on a blog post, it basically, like most people, read the content, this is cool, and leave, um, which is good from their point of view, but not from mine because I want their email. And it was very difficult to get it. And I tried different positions and different wordings of the forms and things like that. And I ultimately learned why people don't usually sign up for newsletters when they read blog content. And it's basically because there isn't a compelling reason for them to do it right then and there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they read a blog post and they like it, I had a thing below the post that was like, you know, sign up for my newsletter. And they might be inclined because they just read something good, but it's just not super compelling. So I changed it to this content upgrade thing which is basically what you do is you create uh, a bonus for that post that's directly related to that post. So let's say you had a post, let's just keep it all nutrition because I'm just in a healthy eating mood lately, I guess. <laughs> I just got back from a trip and I've just been eating like crap, so I guess I have that on my mind. Nice. Like, you know, get back to eating right. And um, so if you had a thing, that was, uh, a post that was like 20 um, you know, paleo desserts, paleo diet desserts, now, what you do for your content upgrade is be like, you know, these are great. If you want the recipes, sign up for the content upgrade, and I'll give you the whole recipes. Or be like, these are 20. If you want five more, here's a content upgrade. You can sign up for that. And because it's intimately related to what that person's reading right then, it gets them to you know, sign up at insane higher percentages than if you just said sign up for my newsletter. What, give me an example of insane percentage versus like a typical percentage. So give you an idea, for the Google Ranking Factors post I talked about before, the conversion rate on that was 0.4%. Like it's getting traffic, like I talked about, the 15,000 a month, but it almost didn't matter because 90, literally 99% of them plus were leaving mm -hmm. without giving the email. So mm -hmm. since I did that, overnight, it went from less than half a percent to 5.5%. Wow. So it, and that's all, I, the only change I made. So it's that powerful if it's a great pitch, but even if it's not, just anything, if you can give away a checklist that's related to the post, even a PDF version of it, you're going to get a lot more emails than if you didn't have it. Wow, that's insane. So that post, you know, it, it's getting, you know, 15,000 visits a month, 15,000 visits a month, you know, 5% converting, that's 750 subscribers a month. That's, that's massive. And just from one post too. Um, okay. So, it, you know, the, for, for each content upgrade that you're talking about, obviously it takes work, right? You know, people are thinking right now in the audience, how long is this going to take me? Oh God, it's more work. So can you elaborate on that? Sure. Well, it doesn't take that much time. It depends on how much you want to put into the content upgrade. For me, it's such a huge, like once I start work, 
mm-hmm. I was like, I'll go all in on this. You know what I mean? I don't even mind with a huge budget to do it because the ROI is just insane. So for time and money, you can't beat the ROI. If, if your email list is important to you, we're talking about, I mean, just to give you some numbers, I just get, I just gave a talk at a conference and I gave these numbers mm-hmm. for that content upgrade that I just mentioned, each email subscriber for my business is worth $12. Mm-hmm. And since I add the content upgrade, it's brought in 3,600 subscribers. Wow. So it's like $43,000 from one post in a couple months. Mm-hmm. And it cost me, plus writing the checklist, which is like an hour, like, a, like maybe I paid 80 bucks for the design because mm-hmm. it's kind of a nice design. And then Lead Page is the software that I use to get people to actually give their email. Mm-hmm. That's like 200 a month. Wow. So. But that's across the entire site, so I use it for every post, not just for that one. But that gives you some perspective, like forty grand versus two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I'll take that any day of the week, right. plus my hour and labor, if, you know, whatever. But still, yeah. it doesn't take that much time. You just need to basically create some of a resource that's intimately related, and you can. The easiest way to do it is just to give a checklist. I love the checklist format. Super easy. It's high value because people read a post of 2,000 words and they're kind of like, just give me the checklist. You know what I mean? And you're just giving them what they want. It's like here. Um, There's nothing wrong with giving people what they want. Mm -hmm. And you give them the checklist, which is like the cliff notes and the the, the value is so high that people happily hand their email over for that. And it's just summarizing what you already have there. Mm It doesn't really take that long. And if you want to get a nice design, you can get someone at Elance or Odesk or people per hour or whatever to do it for cheap. I paid on kind of the higher end because mm-hmm. I wanted it to be super nice. But um, a, a backlinker reader actually reached out to me. He runs a golf site called MyGolfTutor.com. He had the same situation. He had, a, he had a post that was like how to hit a draw shot in golf. I don't even know what that is. Uh-huh. But basically people were leaving without giving an email. And then he created this checklist which looks Super ghetto. It's literally like Microsoft <laughs> Word, maybe a Google Doc. is very, very simple looking. Black and white, no images, no color, no logo, nothing. Mm-hmm. And he gave it away, and the conversion rate went up to, I think it was 3.5%. Wow. So it was about half a percent to 3.5%. Wow. And if his offer was a little more compelling, like you're able to show a screenshot of the checklist and it looks really nice, that's when you're talking about like 5% plus. Got it. So the image so it doesn't have to take that much well. time. Yep. Yeah, it matters a lot. Like how you present the content upgrade makes a big difference too. But just having it, even if you do everything wrong, just doing it is still better than not doing it. Okay. So the, you talked about you know Elance and, and you know those you know Odesk for for designs uh, more on the lower end. You know, for your designer, you know, how did you find how did you find her or him, and you know how much do you pay typically? On Elance, actually, I found her. Okay. So um, you know, Elance is it's a crapshoot, Eric. You know, I know. Mm-hmm. It's, it is what it is. Like those sites, you just have to sift through tons of crap to get to someone good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to find someone who was very good. So I pay her about, I think it's $80 per checklist. Okay. So it's not cheap, man. I send her a checklist in Google yeah. and a Google Doc. But if you could see the difference between what I send her uh-huh. and what she sends me back, it's worth $500,000, is a really great design, what she does. Okay. That's not necessary. You can get someone just to pre- make it a little bit prettier mm-hmm. or use a template, even better. Hire someone to create a template in, in Word and then or in PowerPoint and then write, it, write the content for the checklist mm-hmm. and then export it as a PDF. And actually, I've seen that. People do that, and it can look really nice. It's mm-hmm. not to- Each checklist will have the similar design. Nothing wrong with that, right? Similar branding and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'd say you can get a form, uh, someone to, to make you a nice Microsoft Word template for 
50 bucks and you can just use that for every checklist. Got it. That's exactly what I do. You know, I have, I have a template. I think Devesh put it together. You mentioned Devesh. <laughs> and then uh, my assistant will just make a checklist and then we're good to go. Um, and that's helped. Yeah, it's, it's helped insanely. So I, I guess I'll share my conversion rates too. I'm, I'm getting probably five to eight percent on on the sites that I'm, you know, doing the content marketing or I'm sorry, the, the content upgrades on. Um, and that's that's a testament to you. I think uh, you know you you posted it, Davish brought it up, and then we started doing it. So um, cool. Yeah. So in terms of in terms of you know what you're what you're planning to do next for for backlinko or, or let's talk about you know your seo training course because that's what you 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 have kind of you know you get people to put it in their email you know that's what they're supposed to go for so can you talk a little bit about that course sure so the seo that works is to my knowledge the only step-by-step -step seo training course on the market mm -hmm. so it basically teaches you step-by-step -step how to create a piece of content around a keyword and rank it for that keyword and uh, there is you know, a lot of great uh, training in the course, but that's the main benefit and that's mm -hmm. the main value. I also have um, one of the best features of the course that I only added after the first, less than six months after it was launched based on user feedback was a mastermind group. So we also have a private mastermind group as part of the course. So when uh, someone joins the course, if they have questions and stuff, they can always ask support, obviously, but it's also cool to get feedback from, there's over 400 people in the mastermind group who give feedback and a lot of them run SEO agencies. Mm -hmm. So you get in front of really smart experts that a lot of times you can ask me or you can ask 400 smart people. Now, obviously the value is the 400 smart people mm -hmm. who know their stuff. And uh, that's one of the, the nice things about the course. And it's also cool for me just to see kind of a community grow. Okay. How much, you know, if someone in an audience wants to join, how much would it cost to, to get in on this? So if they want to get in, they should sign up for the email list. So I have different offers depending on different times. So um, the, the course isn't available all the time. It's mm -hmm. only, uh, I only open enrollment a few times a year, so I can really focus on serving the community in SEO that works during the year. So if you're on the list, you'll get all the information about the features and different uh, options that you have. Got it. Cool. So it's, and that's super valuable because you're, you're continually refreshing the information because things always change, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Great. Um, so you're, you're in Berlin right now. You're in, you're in Germany. Can you explain the reasoning behind that? Uh, I don't really have a good reason. Basically, I had been traveling for about three years uh -huh. in Asia and in Europe, and I wanted a place to live. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to go back to the States too, but I just kind of fell in love with Europe. I'm a sucker for the cobblestone streets and mm -hmm. all that kind of sitting in cafes and things like that. So I wanted to stick around before I go back to the States. So I decided to stay in Berlin because it was a city that I liked probably the most. Nice. Cool. So it seems like the, the four hour work week really affected you. Now you're, you're vagabonding at the same time, sort of. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. So what's one piece of advice you'd give to your 25 year old self? Wow. That's a good one. I think actually I would say, I think at 25 is when I started to consider leaving grad school and I would say, do that. And I would say, um, I think the, the thing for me that got me to actually leave was this feeling that I only had five years till I was 30. And I don't know about you, man, but I'm past 30 now. You're looking I'm, good. I'm, You're I'm also Asian. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm 28. Right. Uh, okay. So I was, so I was 25 and I was like, I don't want to be here in grad school and hating it when I'm 30 because I was going to graduate when I was like 29. So I think I had this feeling of like, I only have so much time 
And what that did is it put me in decision mode, like get in or get out and like do something you actually like. And I think that we can lose that perspective. I don't know why for me, my 20s were like this super valuable thing that I had to cherish and I didn't want to waste them because I feel like, you know, any year in your life, you should feel that way. So I think that I think the thing that I would tell myself is really like trust that that you you only have so much time on this earth and don't waste it. Um, so that would kind of be the thing that really um, helped me was this finite amount of time. I think if I started grad school when I was thirty, I'd probably be like, oh well, whatever. I'm already old, so who cares? And I think that it's always good. To, I wish I I want to keep that mentality that I had when I was twenty five. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's pretty much you know value your time really precious or like super, super, I guess, harder. For lack yeah, of a kind word. of like, lack of a yeah, word. <laughs> kind of value your life. Yeah. I mean, take your life seriously. Got it. <laughs> cool. Um, who is your idol and why? Um, I mean, I'm tempted to say someone like Tim Ferriss just because, mm-hmm. you know, he's obviously very influential to me. But I'm going to go sappy and go with my dad because – you know, my dad isn't like a vagabonding rock star or anything like that, but um, he's someone that I look to as, as a person, as a human, and as a, as a father, and as a family member, and as a friend. Like, a, he's the idol in terms of, he's what I aspire to be in that sense. Got it. Okay. Um, you know, you've shared a few productivity hacks already, but what's one productivity, what, what's one more productivity hack you can share with the audience? Well, honestly, I'm a big fan of the list. So, um, you know, I think that if you don't have a list in front of you that, that's concrete, it doesn't have to be physical, digital version is fine, then you get lost with everything. I mean, I think the extreme that a friend of mine, Brian Harris, does is he literally schedules his, his entire day. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people do that. And that, that's really great. I mean, that's to the point where you basically want to take your decision making out of your day in terms of what to do next. Like, of course, you make decisions, but you shouldn't be thinking at one, okay, what should I do now? That should be somewhat planned, either like super detailed, like one o'clock you should have in a calendar or on your list. Mm-hmm. You have three more things, so you better bang those out. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really helped me is just having everything I need to do in writing so I can just relax that part of my brain. And then my, my lesser self, my baser instincts don't have me on Facebook and Twitter when I should be writing a blog post. Got it. Okay. What's one must-read book you'd recommend? Wow, one. I mean, I'm a huge, avid reader, so I have like a thousand, but I would go with definitely the, the four-hour work week. I think whether you're an entrepreneur, uh, if you work at a company, if you lead a company, it doesn't really matter. I think that if you just want to get more out of your day and your life, mm-hmm. that's the one book that, that kind of has it all. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's you listen to Tim Ferriss's podcast and you, you I think the, the title was intended to get everyone to, to buy it pretty much and, you know, get a lot of hype. But, you know, the, the book is when I read it at the time, I was like, wow, I'm going to you know just work four hours a week. It's totally not like that. It's it's just like he said, it's about, you know, maximizing efficiency. And it's like you said, making the most out of your life. And it's exactly what it is. Um, I think once you get into that mindset, you never really lose. It and you're just like, boom, boom. It's like, how do I maximize every single minute? Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I think the book he, he has, he's talked a lot about the title as like a double edged sword. You know, on one hand it's great cause it gets people's attention. I know I've got mine, mm-hmm. but it also ha- people will judge the book without reading it. Yep. 
Totally. You know, they'll be like, oh, four hours a week. Like, how can you do that? And I think that the, that's not the point of the book at all. If you read it, you understand that that has nothing to do with anything. That just happens to be the hours he was working when he ran his business while traveling. Yep. It could be 10. It could be, I know, like, I work a lot of hours, um, mm-hmm. but I enjoy what I do. So it feels like a four-hour work week. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. Um, so what's, what's the best way for people to find you online? Definitely backlinko.com and right on the homepage, there's a place where you can sign up for the newsletter and that's where I give exclusive traffic tips and insights. Cool. Great. Everyone, make sure to go to backlinko.com. Once again, this is Brian Dean from Backlinko. Brian, thanks so much for doing this. Hey, no problem, Eric. Thanks for having me. If you're interested in growing your revenues online and you're tired of ho-hum agency work, then it might be time to check out Single Grain. Single Grain is a digital marketing agency ran by yours truly that has helped venture-backed startups to Fortune 500 companies grow their revenues online. Check out Single Grain at www.singlegrain.com grow to get a free resource on eight marketing campaigns that we've used to help companies grow their revenues online, including the one that drove over 1,500% return on investment. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.